friends and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 191 for the week of October 10th, 2010. The Walt Disney World experience goes far beyond the four corners of the theme parks and resorts. In fact, for many people, the magic extends to the open waters and many destinations of the Disney Cruise Line. This week, we're going to answer many frequently asked questions about cruising in general, the Disney Cruise Line itself, and specifically the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream in February 2011. I received questions about everything from transportation, dining, activities for kids and adults, what you need to know before you go and when you're on board, special WDW Radio group events, and so much more. So whether you're joining us on the Dream, you're a first-time cruiser, repeat visitor, or just thinking about cruising, there's something here for everyone. I'll have a few announcements, then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. greatest joys for me as part of the show and something I really never expected when I started doing all this was the ability to meet and make so many new friends and attending Disney and other special events really afforded me the opportunity to meet people I probably never would have known otherwise and in the process make some really great and lifelong friendships and over time I started doing things like the meets of the month in Walt Disney World because really it was a chance for me to meet you. So many of you who email me or post on the forums or Facebook, as well as for all of you to meet one another. And along the way, I've been able to watch some incredible relationships and friendships form between listeners and readers over the years. And I also like doing, as you know, I'm sure, special things as well. And there was something I did many years ago, but I wanted to do even bigger and better, and that was to join listeners and readers and friends, not just in Walt Disney World, but experience a Disney cruise together. And when Disney announced the dream, it was a no-brainer. And thanks to the help of my friend and yours, 
Becky and her team from Mouse Fan Travel, we were able to work with Disney in setting up the first ever WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream, literally just weeks after its initial sailing. So on February 27th, 2011, we are going to have four days of fun and sun and sea and Castaway Key and, oh, and Nassau, too. Um, and, and as we've been talking about this for a while, many people, myself included, as you can probably tell, have gotten so excited about the cruise, but also have a lot of questions. And it's questions whether they be about our specific cruise, the new ship, uh, for many people who are first-time or new cruisers, just about cruising in general. So I asked you to sort of consolidate some of those questions in the forums, in the comments section on the blog, you send them via Facebook, email. And what I thought we would do is rather than sort of have a, a cruising 101 discussion, we wanted to sit here and, and go through and answer many of your questions. And many of those obviously overlapped. So hopefully if you've asked a question, we'll be able to uh, address it here. And because there were so many questions that were asked and we need to answer, we may have to do this again and again, as we get closer, um, because there are literally hundreds of them in the queue. But of course, when you know that I'm talking about questions and answers, who do I turn to for help? It is that Becky would be Mankin. Me. It is Becky Mankin <laughs> from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Hi, Lou. <laughs> Welcome back again. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, this is one of the ones I've been so looking forward to because as we were hitting the you know, 300-day mark and the 180-day mark, you know, you can see people tweeting and Facebook and emailing how excited everybody really is as we start sort of inching closer and closer. Oh, absolutely. I've been watching the boards kind of lurking and seeing everybody. And I love, again, the whole deck versus deck battle thing is really (laughs) fun to watch. So as you're talking about, you know, friends getting together and gathering, all I can see is like, you know, the, the... the whole battle thing happening from deck to deck. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. And so you understand what Becky is alluding to. Uh, the people on the different decks over at the forums over at www.radio.com had started their individual threads about who's going to be on what deck. And the people who are on deck seven think that they're the best. And the people who are on <laughs> deck six think they're the best. And there's really been a lot of fun play and banter uh, back and forth with everybody. It's really taken on a life of its own in so many ways. It has. and and But it goes to show you how excited everybody really is oh, yeah. for the cruise um, oh, yeah. that's coming up. And especially now that we're seeing little tidbits of information being leaked out here and there from Disney themselves on the things that are coming on board the ship and the technology and just there's so much to get excited about. Yeah, a little piece of concept art or a video here and there really sort of reinvigorates everybody to start talking about the cruise again. And they've literally began beating down my door saying, "Okay, enough holding out of information, Lou. You need to start telling us more of what's going on. And that's part of what we're going to do here today. Tell you what we can, if we can. (laughs) Yeah. And and, you'll understand why. And and you'll understand why. So Exactly. um, yeah. Okay. Certainly, Becky is holding out on some secrets, like what cabin I'm staying in. But there are other <laughs> things that are secrets to us as well. And and maybe we should sort of say that. You know, Becky, this is not not us sort of keeping information from the cruisers. It's us sort of not knowing because this is a new ship. 
Yeah, correct. The info delays many things. Just Disney's not able to confirm them with us until we get closer because, of course, they are uh, confirming size of venues or if we can hold things in certain places. Um, they're very protective of the details, but I got to say, it's they've been a little bit more open than they have been in the past on some of the things that have been coming. But we're not purposely holding back. Um, well, there is a little bit of There's magic here and there. Back, right. There's some stuff. Yeah, of course, it's, it's you know the magic piece that we like to bring to the table to plus it up. But uh, for the general schedule and the general things that we're planning on doing, we just have to kind of work with Disney's time frame. Yeah, and because of the size of our group as well, and if you are watching the forums, you can sort of get a sense. Uh, to quote Roy Scheider and Jaws, you're going to need a bigger boat. Need a bigger boat, <laughs> so. yeah. So true. And uh, that is another complication. While it's great that we're going to have so many people joining us and there's going to be so much fun, it also does present a whole other plethora of challenges that we have to meet because of the size because we want to make sure to accommodate everybody. Yeah, we might have a tough time squeezing everybody into whatever the dreams equivalent of Studio C might be for a group picture. Yeah, so. yeah, I would say that. But again, you know, we're we're coming pretty close to taking over, you know, one of the dining rooms. So hey, keep those bookings coming. <laughs> and we should say too, so people understand, there are cabins still available. And and let's be clear, it's not that we have a block of cabins that right. we can only sell X number. We can sell as many cabins as the ship will hold. And I think you have some updated news, too. Good news for people about cabin availability. Yeah, as a matter of fact, some inside staterooms, which, of course, are highly coveted due to the lowered price and the the virtual porthole, which everybody's so excited about, some of those are available again. And that's been very rare. So we're right now seeing um, prices that include port and tax. Inside staterooms starting at six seventy nine, ocean view staterooms at seven forty nine, and balconies at nine twenty nine, and that's as of today, obviously. But uh, it's great to see that availability. So if you're if you've kind of been on the fence, or if you asked uh, a few weeks ago and all there was was balcony staterooms available, now's the time to jump back in and see if you can grab one of those inside staterooms. So maybe if you upgrade me from steerage, you'll actually put me in one of the inside. <laughs> I'm, that's what I really want to see. No matter what cabin I'm in. If I'm not one in an inside stateroom, I'm going to find somebody with one so I can go check out the virtual portal. Because I think that's one of the most innovative and interesting pieces of technology that they're going to bring onto the ship. I got to say, when I was at the press event where they announced the... um, Why do you got to go there? Why do you got to keep reminding me that you didn't take me to the press event? (laughs) Sorry. Weren't you busy? Weren't you having dinner that night? No, no, no. Just checking. There was food at the press event. I saw it. But there is, there was so much wonderful technology, and I mean, our jaws dropped to the floor when they when they announced us and showed um, some of the uh, some of the wonderful scenery that you're going to see out of the porthole. It's, I would like to do the inside, and that was one of the reasons why the insides went so fast is because of of the uh, the virtual porthole room. So, if you're interested, now's the time to grab it. Yeah, this is great news for a lot of people who were have been inquiring about it. Uh, since we announced it and since we announced it, there was none left because people either want an inside stateroom because of the cost or because they want the virtual porthole. So this might hopefully get some additional people on board, which would be great. Right. And, and a lot of people will ask, um, well, is it that people canceled in our group? And the question, or the answer is no. Um, as you said before, we don't actually have an official group with Disney that we're holding certain space. But there were other um, 
other people who maybe were on board and had canceled or maybe they released space that they were holding on to Disney themselves. So that's why we're seeing the influx of more inventory. Yeah, we um, we have a great a great number of people who are coming and and that should make it even all the more fun. And we'll talk oh, yeah. either today or over time or some of the other things we're planning on doing about some of the things we'll be able to do with the group. But what, what do you say? Let's get right into some of the questions because I'm sure tangents will be plentiful. I'm along sure the way. it's it's you and I. What, what do you expect? <laughs> All right, let's let's kick it off. These are in no particular order, so if you're looking for any sort of linear transition from question to question, yeah, we're going to be it. all over the place uh, because the questions really did range, Becky, from the most basic thing about cruising on on any cruise line to specific questions. We're going to try and get a good range of all of them. So the first one says, my parents offered to take my wife, 19-year-old daughter, and me on a cruise. Alex, let me just say, awesome parents. When I suggested a Disney cruise, their response was that it was for little kids or parents with little kids. I say not. My Disney geek instincts tell me that they are wrong, but since I've never been on one, I have no proof. So I'm turning to my Disney guru. Are there activities on a Disney cruise for an older teenagers, middle-aged Disney fanatics, and wonderful but elderly parents and grandparents? Alex, I'm smiling. By the way, my wife and I celebrated our honeymoon and Mickey's 60th birthday 22 years ago. And that comes sincerely from Alex Frymark. And Becky, you know why I'm smiling because I love these questions because there's this misconception that Disney cruises Uh. are nothing but little kids running around singing small world and screaming through the dining room not so at all true that um his disney geek instincts are right on target because this ship or this this experience the disney cruise line experience is wonderful for all ages and it's not just that that whole misconception of you're going to walk on and you're going to be walking into a theme park with nothing but um over overpriced burgers that they're trying to feed you and characters everywhere. It really has a lot of wonderful variety for adults and children and teens. And this is probably going to be the one question that we could talk for two and a half hours on easily if we weren't careful, because there is so much to do. And obviously, I'm an adult with no children myself. And I love this experience because they're are little cubby holes and places that you can go for quiet time. They have the Quiet Cove Pool, which is just for adults. Uh, obviously, there's adult-only dining in, in Palo, and now Remy is coming online for um, for the dream. The d- adults will enjoy the shows as well, and there's going to be uh, – there's actually an adult-only um, – club that's going to be on board uh, lounge that looks really, really interesting and some of the concept art. Um, For the kids, they're the teens, obviously. They have their own space too. Ages 14 to 17 have a place called Vibe with its own deck lounge area, TVs, video games, etc. Perfect place. Even the Teen Beach on Castaway Key. Great way to ditch the parents. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of activities on board that's going to appeal to everybody in his his little clan. And I think that's what I thought, too, honestly, when I first went, was that it was just going to be kids everywhere. And what I found, especially going a few times with children of my own, is that you see far fewer kids than you would expect. And that is because of what Disney does, not for the parents, not the quiet pools for the parents and the spas and the things for adults to do but because of the things for kids to do. Uh, right. Because that there's the Oceaneer Club, the Oceaneer Lab, 
I had very young. I mean, I look. I took my daughter on the cruise when she was maybe seven, eight months old. Uh, she went to Flounders Reef Nursery, which was great. And look, I'm a very overprotective parent, and it was a few one of the few times I ever trusted somebody else to watch my kid. And then as my kids got older and went on the cruise and went to the kids clubs, they didn't want to come out. You know, you put them in there because you right. want to go to dinner because there's activities. They don't want to leave, and that's what we found. And we were surprised as we were walking on deck one night, expecting to have our kids. We didn't know what to do because we were so used to having our kids. But they love, and because there's so many activities to do, so it's not, um, there is plenty of adult time there if that's what Mm -hmm. you want and and not children sort of everywhere you go on board. Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, and it can be a double-edged sword, but on board the Disney Cruise Line, you don't have a casino. So all of the floor space that on a, cruise ship if you've been on other cruises before that devote to casino areas are actually pretty much devoted to kids clubs so that's why you don't see as many kids like you said I I see less children on a Disney cruise than I do some other places because of all that space that's devoted specifically to the kids activities yeah and you'd be surprised how many people you're going to see who are honeymooning on the cruise Mm -hmm. uh, who are Older teen, you know, older kids who are going, you know, I know uh, a bunch of girls who go on sort of their college spring break trip. They go on a Disney cruise. So yeah. there, there is definitely something there for everybody. Absolutely. So I, I'm thinking, again, his geek instincts are correct and, and you're wrong, or they're wrong and go. You have proof now. But Alex, don't tell <laughs> them you're wrong. Say, let me show you that yeah. you're right by let's, listen, they're offering to pay, Becky. You got to oh, smooth the point. parents. You got to yeah, smooth see? the parents. He's kind of lucky. I like him. Can adopt me? Yeah. Yeah, because you don't cruise enough. Anyway, let's move on to a question from Jersey Joe Jr. And this is one that we get a lot. Uh, Again, some of the basic questions like, how does boarding work? Do we drop off luggage before boarding? It's his first cruise. He doesn't know how early he should get to the port. He also booked extra days in Disney before the cruise. Great idea. And he wants to know if there's going to be transportation for the WDW Radio gang over to the port. Got it. Lots of great questions, and we get this all the time, so we'll be able to like punch through this pretty quickly. One thing to understand is the port is really busy in their turnover process. So when the ships come in um, from the sailing previous, they have to offload everybody and then do the turnover process. So they really don't allow you to enter the area near the port and park until after 10 a.m., sometimes after 10.30 a.m. near the port. So lots of transportation questions and lots of things to address here. So follow me. (laughs) Work with me. Go with me here. For those who are driving... It's about a 45-minute or so drive from the airport, from the um, Orlando International Airport. The Port Authority folks allow you, after 10 or 10.30, they have you pull up. You can drop off your luggage, the stuff you don't want to cart around um, you know, on the ship when you take a hand carry onto the ship. You can drop your luggage with the porters, and then they funnel you through the, to the parking area, and the parking is about $15 a night if you prefer to do that. For those taking Disney transportation, Disney offers motor coach transfers from the resorts and from the airport. And those cost, uh, I want to say it's a round trip of $69. It doesn't mean round trip airport only. You could actually leave from the resort to go to the port and then the port back to the airport or airport to port, port to resort. Um, And those offer direct services to the port. 
Now, if you're on the Mouse Fan Travel Pre-Stay, the whole WDW radio gang, hopefully I'm hitting this part of his question, stay tuned because we are working on a group transfer uh, that will go from our resorts that we have in our group block to the port. So that's a little piece of information that we are working with them right now to see what the price would be to charter and to make all the stops we would need to, to make so we don't have it all together yet, but we are definitely working on it. And if people, obviously, if they want to do their transfers from the airport to the resort, you know, from the resort, whatever, that's something they need to make, obviously, in advance. How do Correct. they go about do? Do they contact you to do that? Do they contact Disney to do that? If, if they are booked through us for the WDW radio cruise, then yes, contact your vacation planner or they should have already asked you as well if you're interested in taking a transfer. I know that some people are renting cars and driving. We've heard from several people who are kind of deciding um, kind of on the fence if they're going to drive themselves or if they're going to take the transfer. But um, if you're still unclear about your transfer options, just go ahead and contact your vacation planner. And in some... In order to get a transfer, you you need to be staying at a Disney resort, correct? Correct. Yes. Thank you for ver- for uh, clarifying that. You have to be at one of the Disney resorts to get the transfer from resort to port. What about downtown Disney resorts? Are they considered part of the Disney resorts or? No, they are not. So you would have to actually go to one of the Disney resorts, and and they've done that before. You know, allowed a, a walk on, but please, before you you know take my word for that, please. Uh, it has to be pre-booked, regardless of what you do. Um, make sure to talk to your vacation planner, and they'll help you, depending on where you're staying, how many, uh, or when you're arriving, and so forth, about all of your transportation options. Awesome. So, to hit on a little bit more about what to expect, this might help you, too, for those of you who've never cruised before. Um, and please remember, this is all subject to change, because as with everything Disney, there might be a process that changes, there might be something they, they want you to do, but... Um, when I was speaking about uh, your luggage, you'll have the luggage that you carry on with you onto the ship, and you'll also have the luggage that you, quote-unquote, check with the, the porters. So the porters basically take your bags, and the next time you'll see it is out front of your stateroom sometime later on that day. So when you pack that carry-on bag that you're going to lug with you on board, make sure to have your identification any medications you might need, anything you might need for a change for dinner, because sometimes your luggage may not show up in time for dinner, so a change of clothes is always good if you need it. Um, when you walk into the terminal after you've given your luggage to the to the porter, um, you basically are going to pass through security like at an airport. There's a metal detector. You're going to have to take everything out of your pockets. You can leave your shoes on, <laughs> but you go through the medical... Med- metal detector, if I can speak, um, then you go to a check-in desk, much like a hotel. There you'll do all of your, uh, or hand over your um, uh, your online check-in documents, show them your identification. You'll be given a key to the world card, which the key is like a charge card and your room key all in one. And it's basically cashless society on board. And we'll get to that more detail in it later. Um, and then you'll actually actually get a boarding card, much like Southwest Airlines, where you have a, a specific boarding number or group that you'll actually board the ship on. Um, the boarding process begins around noon, sometimes a little earlier, depending on when the ship is clear and ready for people to go on board. Um, when you go on board, your cabin's 
won't be ready right away unless it's you arrive sometime after 1 p.m. because they're obviously they need to turn the whole thing over. It's amazing to me how much they um, they do on board and how fast they're able to do it to to turn around for 4,000 more people to get on board. Um, so your rooms won't be ready to walk in till after 1 p.m. So try not to bring too much luggage as carry-on because you're going to be lugging it around for a while. But once you get on board, you can go to lunch. You can explore the ship um, to, you know, before you go into your room. Okay. And I know that I'm rambling, and I'm so sorry, but there's just so much information. For people who've never cruised before, it's kind of important to have a, um, a little bit of a heads up of what to expect because, you know, cruising is new, and it's an experience that's unlike any other that you may go through. So it's kind of important to, to know all these steps so you're kind of comfortable and, and your vacation starts in a relaxing way. Yeah, and certainly, you know, in addition to places like, the forums. I mean, certainly you guys are there too to answer any mm-hmm. individual specific questions or concerns that somebody has. There is no such thing as a stupid question. So if you're not sure where do I go, I know the guys at, and girls at MouseFan will be happy to help. Oh, yeah. And two of the things I just want to mention really quickly, because I know that this came up a lot too on the boards that I was noticing. Um, there seems to be some confusion about what time guests should be on board. And I just want to make sure that you guys know you have to be on board no later than 4 p.m. And I would actually even back that up so that you don't miss the boat literally. And then a lot of new cruisers are also a little confused about the muster drill. Do you remember the first time that you got to don that wonderful uh, fashion statement in in orange? <laughs> I did. I was like, you know, this is a lot of protection for a buffet, but I was confused <laughs> as to where I was going. Exactly. The mustard drill is a mandatory drill. It's a safety drill where uh, you pretty much have to go to your muster station and don your life jacket or at least show that you know how to don your life jacket. Um, that happens right before sailing and they will make announcements so you know what to do. But um, just know that it's mandatory. Everybody's got to go. It makes for some great pictures. So that's pretty much what you're going to expect on that those first few hours when you board. And you will invariably make and meet some new friends along the way because you're oh, all yeah. going to look silly and you're all going to be trying to figure out how to put your life vests on. So um uh, one of the first cruises I ever went on, that's where I met a couple who ended up spending the whole rest of the cruise with us. So Yeah, it's a bonding experience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of bonding, we need to get to David's question because it really might be the most important cruising question ever asked. Oh, boy. He says, hey, Lou, I've never been on a cruise before. How does dining work? What if you want a drink or a snack throughout the day? Are there any costs on ship or on Disney's Island? Thank you for your time and a great show, David. David, how many hours do we have to discuss wow. dining on board the Disney Cruise Line? Mm-hmm. This is the place where Disney really shines uh, above and beyond uh, many of its competitors. Of course, it's food. <laughs> what do you expect? But they have a really cool thing called rotational dining. And uh, basically, we have two dining seating assignments for dinner. They have a main dining at 6 p.m., and the late, or it's also known as second dining, at 8.30 p.m. Um, you're, you will be assigned a table with the same table mates and the same servers. And then for those nights, you will rotate to different dining rooms, which is so cool because it allows you to, to enjoy all of the three dining experiences, uh, the main experiences on board. And for the dream, it's Animator's Palette, uh, Enchanted Garden, and the Royal Palace, which just looks amazing in the art- artist's renderings. 
can you hear me smiling as you yes. start talking about the dining <laughs> locations? <laughs> I know. And there's so much. I, I do want to say for the WDW radio crews, the majority of the group is on main dining. So if you want to be with, with the masses, um, main dining is where we're going to be. And I'm sure the cheer vacation plan already told you that. However, if you're on late now and you want to switch, let us know. There are some people that are still going to be on late dining and we'll put you together. Um, however, the, the majority of the group will be there. If you've elected main dining, we're actually going to work with Disney to pre-assign the tables and your table mates so that we are guaranteed that our group all sits together and we're all in the same section. But at this point, it's pretty much like just taking over room. <laughs> I, I think this, this was, we might have to do the wave around the room or something because it, it really will be fun. Um, I do want to note though that if you have a special request for who you'd like to sit with, please contact your vacation planner and let them know. If you were booking this on your own um, and you weren't part of the, the WDW radio group, obviously you would um, make those requests uh, with Disney. However, because we are a special group, we're trying to maintain our group seating all together. Uh, the vacation planner is the only place that, that you're going to be able to make that request. But it's amazing to see these three different dining experiences. And I know what Animator, Animator's Palette is like on, uh, on the Magic and the Wonder, but seeing what they're going to do for the dream is so exciting. Yeah. And if you haven't seen them as yet, if you go to www.radiocruise.com, you can see some videos and some concept art there to get an idea of just how beautiful these dining rooms are going to be. Quick question Which, I want to insert here before we move on to the rest of David's food related mm-hmm. question. Just like Walt Disney World, again, too, if you have special uh, dining requirements, uh, you also they can contact you or they can contact Disney and say, I need gluten free, peanut free, yes. whatever it might be. Please contact your vacation planner for that as well, because we have a special form that we have to have you fill out for dietary requirements and gluten-free, diabetic, uh, any of those types of requirements or just special needs in general, not not just food related. But if um, if you use an ECV or if you are an insulin uh, taking diabetic and you need sharps containers or other things, let us know that. And we will make sure that uh, that you get the appropriate form that will have you fill out and, and turn in for you. Yeah, once again, nobody is as accommodating as Disney is. David goes on, he says, what about a drink or a snack throughout the day? David, one thing that you are not going to be hungry for, pardon the pun, is food and drink because they are available like all day, everywhere. Um, And again, with the dream, there's even some uh, some new sort of quick dining places throughout the ship. Oh, yeah, all day and all night because they got 24-hour room service, too. I mean, come on. (laughs) Now, there are some additional costs, obviously. Alcoholic beverages, bottled water, specialty coffees, gratuities, some specialty items are additional. But but your meals, your general meals are all included. If you want to uh, tip your person who delivers room service, that's fine. I know that there's uh, some more questions about tipping. We'll Uh, talk about that later but Paulo and Remy's are the specialty restaurants those are the only place that you're going to have an additional charge and right now it's 15 per person that might change obviously Um, but that's basically to cover tips of the servers but that's pretty much the only additional cost that you're going to see there yeah and and as far as food being available throughout the day, I mean on deck by the pools, mm-hmm. there's buffets going on all day and all night. I mean, so you will never want for food 
anytime. And, and there's a wide variety, too. It's not just the hamburger station at one end of the ship. I mean, there are plenty right. of locations. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a spot that um, on the current ships, which I'm sure because they've been so popular that they should be uh, moving over to the Dream, but a little counter station where you can get paninis and fresh salads and um, some other sandwich choices. So there's a lot of variety. You're right. What about, he asks, on Castaway Key? When you head over to Castaway Key, is the food there or the drinks there? Forgetting non-alcoholic, forgetting alcoholic drinks, mm-hmm. are the food and drinks there extra? Uh, no, they're not additional. As a matter of fact, they have cookies barbecue there that will serve um, a, a lunch on board or on board uh, on the island. There we go. I'm thinking about the ship. I can't get my brain off the ship for some strange reason. <laughs> so you'll be able to to be served up a wonderful lunch, and then of course they do have beverages there as well, and then alcohol and uh, for purchase. Awesome. Uh, moving on to a, a somewhat couple of food-related questions. Gunny Wallen asks, um, she's like, hey, Lou, I'm going to be on vacation. Do I have to bring a coat and tie? And how much extra, I think you address this, will Paolo cost? And is it what is considered proper attire for that restaurant? Tammy also asks uh, if there's going to be any sort of formal night on the cruise. Because it's a four-night, is there going to be a formal night as well? Well, all right, this is kind of interesting, and, and Gunny is after my own heart here because for me, a vacation does not include pantyhose. So, I am so sorry, but you know, there's some people who, for a cruise vacation, it's wonderful to dress up, and of course, you do have those opportunities. Let's talk about Paulo really quickly. Paulo is the adults only, and they do have a dress code there. At dinner, they're looking for a dress shirt or or jacket um, for for men and for ladies a pantsuit you know just nice what they're looking for is no jeans basically um, no t-shirts they're looking for just you know nice dressed up right at um, brunch and high tea that they serve as well it's a more casual attire but pretty much they're looking just to make sure that you're not wearing shorts in there jeans swimwear tank tops t-shirts that type of thing I'm it's my understanding at Remy, the dress code's going to be pump punched up a little bit. So a jacket it will be required. A sports suit jacket or a tuxedo jacket, believe it or not, is one thing they've listed there. Will we be seeing you in a tux, Lou, anytime soon? Possibly. Okay, just checking. I might, bring the, I might bring the tux along. Probably Ooh, not. that might I'm be not, interesting. I'm not, but I won't wear pantyhose because I'm on vacation. <laughs> Heels and attacks. All right. Um, with dress pants, you know, that type of thing. Ties are optional at Remy's, but it's, it's a little bit, you know, pushed up. Then you've got the ladies' cocktail dress, evening dresses. What they're looking for there is no jeans, shorts, no capri pants. They don't want to see sandals or flip-flops or tennis shoes, that type of thing. So it is a little bit punched up. So if you want to have that Paulo Remy experience, then, yeah, you probably do need to bring a a, a coat to, to get you through. In the regular dining rooms, the dress code for dinner changes daily because, of course, they do have more casual nights. There isn't, quote-unquote, a formal night, but there is one night that's a little bit more of a captain's dinner where some people do dress to the nines. Others do wear jacket and tie. As long as you're, as long as you're not wearing the jeans, shorts, t-shirts, that type of thing in the dining room, you're going to be pretty set. And no flip-flops with the tux. We should right. You know, that may be an interesting fashion statement you might want to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on. And, and I love this because Kelly 
I've known Kelly for a long time. She is so excited about this cruise. And Kelly, I am thrilled that you email like a new question like every other day. <laughs> so you've got a lot of them. We pick the best of the best of your questions. We'll do rapid fire. Becky, I'll hit these one or one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If we are doing a sea and then land at Walt Disney World, will all of our reservations be on one key to the world card? In this particular case, our land package and cruise are booked separately, so the keys will be different. Okay. Will Disney Cruise Line Transportation take you from the port to the resort afterwards or back to the airport to catch Magical Express? Yep, we kind of hit that before. Disney will actually take you to the Disney resorts from the port. I think one way is 30 yeah, 39, I think, but the round trip is 69. And of course, we're looking at the group transfers that we might, if we have enough people going back, we might look at a return trip too. So stay tuned. That would be awesome. And I love taking the, the Disney Cruise Line buses because they got the oh, yeah. video going. You get so excited. You're talking to people on board. It, your, your cruise almost starts in, on the bus ride over. Well, we uh, thought we'd have you sing. You, you thought wrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think we spoke before about how early we can get on the ship and how early they'll let you. Uh, how early can you actually get to the port? Like if you want to just, well, if you're one of these people like me, like I like to get to the airport like five hours early, just in case. Right. How early can you actually get to the port and hang out and grab a cup of coffee? Yeah, as we were saying, um, around 10 or 10.30 is when they're going to allow you to approach the port. They do uh, kind of, once they've opened that gate, you can go into the terminal area and you can hang out there. They bring out a character sometimes. They don't actually start allowing you to board the ship until around noon. So if you get there at 10.30, it's going to take you a half hour to get through the process. You might have an hour, 45-minute wait at the port to grab a cup of coffee and relax. And here's an interesting question. Um, she's talking about, you know, obviously we stop at Castaway Key, we stop at Nassau. She wants to know first, how long do they have in Nassau? And you know what? What if you don't want to get off the ship? Do you ever have to get off the ship? You don't have to get off the ship until the day they tell you to disembark unless you've got a (laughs) back-to-back cruise. (laughs) I will tell you that there's a lot of veterans of, of cruises that have been to the Bahamas many, many times, and they will stay on board the ship because the wonderful thing there is that you can enjoy the amenities on board. Like they have movies, you know, pool time without you know, having the entire place uh, filled with people. It's really kind of nice to hang on the ship when everybody else is in port. We're currently scheduled for an arrival in Nassau at 9.30 a.m. and departure at 7 p.m. That doesn't mean that you're going to be running to the gangplank at 6.59. <laughs> They're going to be telling you that you'll have to be back on board by probably 6.30 or so, but they always post that as you come on, on and off the ship as to what time you're supposed to be back on board. Yeah, and that's nice because it really gives you a full day. So if you want to go walking around or sightseeing or excursions or shopping or Atlantis, whatever it is, you don't have to worry about rushing you know, to get out and get back. You really have a full day there. Exactly. She wants to know what kind of fun stuff are you and Becky planning? Now, this is where we, <laughs> we admittedly can't, we can't tell you everything because some we don't know. And some stuff we just aren't going to tell you yet. Yeah. And it's just, if you're mad at anybody, be bad at Becky, because she said not Wait. to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you everything we have planned, and Becky won't oh, let me. I don't even look, wow. I don't even know what cabin I'm in yet. So. Ow, feeling knife in my back between shoulder blades. Ow. <sighs> or wait, wait bus tires over my leg. Ow. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure that we can, we can give them a couple of things maybe towards the end. How about, how about we give them 
a couple of things. Keep going. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Kelly actually joined us on the first cruise I did back in 2007. One of the things that we did on that cruise that everybody had so much fun doing, and I really enjoyed because it gets so many people involved. She wants to know if we're going to have a door decorating contest like we did back in 2007. I'm all for it. I say yay. I say yay. I say, Kelly, start getting your creative juices flowing now because you only have like 150 days left, I think. so. Yeah. And of course, you got some stiff competition with the other how many hundreds of people who are going to be there. So yeah, I'm thinking door decorating contest, rock on. Just one of many. Just yeah. one of many. And no, there's not going to be a Lou karaoke contest. Let's move on. She wants to know, is there bingo on the ship? <laughs> Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. And a lot of people love playing bingo, and they definitely will accommodate you. So watch The Navigator, which is the little daily newspaper that they hand out uh, for the times that they'll be running bingo games. Yeah, bingo is awesome. A lot of fun. And kids can play. Adults can play. Uh, It's one of the the really simple, fun activities they do on the show. And it's air-conditioned, which is nice. Um, Moving on. Carrie wants – we got this question a lot. Um, when Disney made some changes to their schedule, not relating to the Disney dream, she wants to know if there's enough time to run the princess half marathon that morning, get back to the port before the ship departs. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Carrie, first of all, yeah. huge thumbs up for wanting to do the princess half marathon for wanting to do it the day the cruise is leaving I give you a lot of credit. Not sure that's the best idea. Thank you for that verbiage. Yep, I <laughs> totally agree. While I'm sitting here kind of shaking my head going, technically, no, officially, we aren't recommending it. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to put it that way. I can say it's unlikely that you would make the group transfer to the motor coach. If you decide to do so, it's pretty much at your own risk to get there. Um, obviously, you might be able to make it, but officially we're just not going to recommend that it that you should do so yeah and so like i said that date changed after we had chosen this date it was supposed to be i believe a week a few days a week after after uh, a week after after our cruise which would have been great you come off the ship you're nice and relaxed you're all carb loaded for the whole week and then you go running Mm -hmm. i just think carrie that and for so many other people that i know were disappointed there's so much that potentially could go wrong um, you know, you can get hurt, you can get delayed, whatever it might be. You know, once that ship sails, it sails. Um, and I know you'd be disappointed to, to miss that the half marathon, but um, because of how you know imp- how much you've invested in going on the cruise, and and again, it's once it's gone, it's gone. I would maybe suggest. Isn't there a, 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 run, a night a run the, the night before? Isn't there like a five k or something the night before? Great question. I think there is. Don't quote me. I have not looked at that because I've been so focused on this day. <laughs> Carrie, just get on the ship and you can run around the Lido run. deck with an ice cream in your hand. How's that? There you go. <laughs> I'll be lounging, waving to you as you go by. Uh, Paul has a great question. He wants to know, what excursions is everyone planning for Nassau? My siblings and I went to Atlantis Water Park last year, one that's very, very popular, didn't think too much of it. So he's considering just staying on our ship, on the ship, on our Nassau day, especially if Lou and or MEI have anything fun planned. Again, that's from Paul. Paul, I certainly can't speak for everyone, neither can Becky. Um, and, I, and this is one of the questions that comes up in the forums. And a lot of people are starting to plan 
excursions together, talking about some of the things that might be available that might be interested in, in doing. I can tell you, me personally, I plan on staying on the ship in Nassau for a, a number of reasons. One, I've been to Nassau before. My kids are very young, wouldn't maybe get as much out of it. But really, it's because it's the Disney dream. And it's a new ship with so much to offer. I would really like to stay on board and enjoy the ship as much as I can, do some exploring. And yeah, Becky, maybe we'll even have an event or two. Yeah, I'm thinking that for me, I'm the same way. I'm probably going to be on board because there's just so much new things to see and experience. And the, sh- the cruise is just way too short. So <laughs> I'm going to take every opportunity I can to be on board. And, and maybe that morning we might have something to schedule in. But uh, obviously, we'll, we'll need to wait till we get a little closer. Yeah, the thing that's nice, too, is if you like spending time on the ship, as I personally do, it's great because a lot of people do get off on the port days like Nassau. So the pools are quieter. Some of the other venues are less crowded. So it gives you more time on the ship sort of without having to worry about so many other crowds. And and I like that. I kind of like having this feeling like the ship's a little bit more all to myself. So Yeah, I totally agree. And and of course a lot of people too, like I mentioned before, there's no gambling on board the Disney ships. Some people kind of want their um, their roulette fix and Atlantis it has a you know wonderful casino over there so people do tend to go over and enjoy that um, kind of interested about his um, his comment about the water park because a lot of people really do come back raving about that so there are some wonderful things to do in Nassau it's just this time it's all about the dream for me yeah exactly um, because it's a, uh, because it's a new ship so yeah. and there will be poker night every night in Becky, Becky's cabin from 10, <laughs> 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. so we'll put that on uh, on the handout we'll be sending great out, so. great poker night oh, we do have to play that game <laughs> right that's isn't that for who pays for whose cabin or something let's move on uh-huh. uh, we've already addre- <laughs> addressed what dinner seating most of the group is going to be attending again the, the preference seemed to be for the earlier main dining seating But the next question is, if we fly into Orlando International at 10 a.m., will the Disney transportation take us right to the ship or do we have to wait at the airport for a few hours? 10 a.m. is perfect because the transfers from the airport start running at 1030. So that gives you time to land, go grab your luggage and off you go. Um, They run from 1030 to 130 is the last bus. There you go. Has anyone heard what shows are going to be presented Um, on some of the other ships? There's Golden Mickey's, Disney Dreams, Cinderella, Toy Story, Villains. Becky, I guess we're looking for some sort of confirmation as to some of the entertainment offerings that might be on board. I don't know about you, but I have not heard what show they're going to put on board. Not yet. You? They are are being very secretive. Yeah. I haven't been able to like drag anything out of anybody. And I'm I'm hoping it's something, you know, new and grand to fit the the theater but who knows we can say nothing because we know nothing yeah so. we, that's one we we're really not <laughs> trying to hold that one back i promise you becky knows, <laughs> becky knows she's just not telling you anyway uh moving on and says at? Uh-huh. i have never taken a cruise before but i'm very interested in taking a disney cruise since i love all things disney and it's the natural progression of a disney fan yeah. my only concern is that I suffer from motion sickness. I can do roller coasters and fast rides, thank goodness, but rides that go in circles, things in super slow motion, and riding in the back seat of the car make me feel not so great. So do you know anyone who suffers from motion sickness that has taken one of these cruises? How'd they do? Did they need any tools to cope? Thanks for the help. 
would hate to spend thousands of dollars on a cruise, end up miserable on the whole trip. P.S. Telling me you can't even tell the ship is moving <laughs> doesn't work because I'm especially sensitive to things like that. For example, re- revolving restaurants and I don't get along so well. And you can't even tell the ship is moving with those stabilizers. <laughs> well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit this from several angles because this is a very common question. Um, for the average person, the newer ships do have better stability, but you're still on a moving vessel. So motion sensitivity, of course, is a very, very, very real issue for many people. If it's the slow movement that gets you, I, that's probably the one that you're going to be most sensitive to. So I would suggest maybe making a doctor's appointment and see what he or she recommends. Um, they do have, of course, wonderful prescription medications that can help you with the motion, but it's it used to be for me that it felt like if the motion of body wars got to you, then a really bad C would, of course, get to you a little bit. That's just pretty much the nature of it. But for the majority of people, they might have a little sensitivity and may need a little help from an over-the-counter aid like boning, which is one of the more popular ones. But others just need something a little bit more at that prescription level. So and still, others swear by the C-bands. It's the pressure point. Um, thing, but I, I would suggest you talk to a doctor about it before you consider a cruise. And also, there'll be uh, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel logo branded Dramamine in everybody's stateroom, <laughs> so you can. Always, yeah. um, no, there won't be, <laughs> which is why we're suggesting you talk to your doctor. <laughs> These motion sickness bags are sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Let me ask you this, Becky, and I'm not yeah. sure if if you know the answer. Sure. Um, a lot of times, people's complaints about it maybe aren't necessarily during the day when they're on deck and they're at the pool and things like that, but it's at night when they're in their cabin. Is your choice of cabin location, so for example, one towards the center middle of the ship, maybe better as opposed to a cabin that's higher up on the outside, so maybe you don't feel the pitch and the roll and the yaw as much, or have you not found anything one way or the other? Well, you know what? It's funny because, yeah, there is some definite uh, benefits to choosing or selecting Um, a cabin location that's more center of the ship. Um, Midship location down in the center of the decks. You don't want to be up on a higher deck for to to feel less motion anyway. But it also depends on the ship. And quite frankly, these larger mega ships with these um, wonderful stability, the location doesn't matter as much as it does on the older ships. So say the the, uh, the Wonder and the Magic, while they have good stability, they might not be as technically advanced as, as there has been over the last 10 years. Um, so if, if it is a concern, try for that mid-location, center of the ship for you know the, the least amount of motion. But it's not going to matter as much as it would. It, these types of people who get motion sickness very easily um, on things like just in a revolving restaurant, that, of course, is going to be a little bit of a concern and you're going to need to um, to talk to a doctor about it just to see if there's anything that, that they could recommend. Very good. Rachel Kay says, Hey Lou and Becky, I've heard lots of information about the clubs and activities for my soon-to-be six-year-old girl. However, with just having a baby girl two weeks ago, congratulations, I'm wondering about the nursery care options for her. She's going to be about seven months when we set sail. Aww. Rachel, you, I, as I said before, no worries at all. I speak from experience. Flounders Reef Nursery. Uh, actually, it's going to be, I think on the dream, it's going to be the It's a Small World Nursery. Right. 
is mm-hmm. from, I believe it's from 12 weeks to three years old is, is mm-hmm. where the babysitting services are in there. And they were the, the, the babysitters and the counselors were just wonderful. My kids had a great time and we were so very much at ease. Oh, we get nothing but great reports about the nurseries on board the ships. And there is an additional fee for the nurseries, not for the kids' programs, but for the nursery. And I, I want to say it's around that, was it 6 or $7 an hour? Do you remember? It was very reasonable. I mean, and certainly never anything that was, you know, a, a concern price-wise, yeah. Right. And I would highly suggest that you make those arrangements, um, if not beforehand when you're uh, when the window of opportunity opens up to do so before we sail and we'll talk about that in a bit but um, definitely on the day of embarkation and there are specific hours that they operate as well it's it's not open on a 24-hour basis obviously so you're going to want to check with them when you um, when you get on board yeah and again you're given uh, just like in the the older kids clubs you're given a beeper so if they need you for anything if if the baby looking for their mother, whatever it is, they'll page you. You come right. You could actually, if you want to just sort of walk by, you can peer in the window. The security <laughs> is without question. Only the people that check the, the kids in can check them out. So that's never an issue. So I, I highly, highly recommend it. Frequent WDW radio emailer, Vicky Chiapetti says, Lou, in the cruise podcast show, can you give us a bit of a primer? So should you book your flights to arrive the day before? how to transfers work if you stay on property, then prior departing the port. When the boat docks, what time should you book a flight so you can safely make your flight home from MCO? So we hit some of that, but she really wants to know about booking the flights maybe the day before and then going home, what time, I guess, is the earliest you should book your flight leaving the day that ship returns to port? Okay. One thing to consider, and I guess I'm a very cautious individual, it's February. And who knows what weather delays might occur if there's cancellations. Um, I highly recommend people to go in day prior just so that they take the stress and worry away from, you know, having those situations where you miss your flight. Uh, The flights are full, too. It's not like it used to be when you would just easily be able to just hop on the next flight that's going out and, and get there on time. And because it's so time sensitive, I do recommend you go in day prior so you don't miss the boat. Literally. Literally. Yeah, I agree yeah. 110%. That's all you need is a flight delayed out of Newark Airport, which I know is unusual, but um, I would rather get in, get settled. Plus, you're not exhausted the yeah. day that you're getting on the ship. Your, your adrenaline's going to be pumping. There's going to be so much going on. You're going to want to be rested or at least having spent the night before in a Disney park. Exactly. Like to play it safe a little bit, not stress, go in the day prior, stay on property with us, go to the party with us, you know, or stay at the airport Hyatt or one of the airport um, hotel locations too, because you can easily go back to the airport and catch the transfer. So simple and less stress. And that's what vacation is all about, right? Um, If you do decide to fly in same day, we recommend flight schedule to touchdown no later than 1 p.m. That's kind of what we're shooting for because, of course, that last bus is out on 1.30. They do give a little bit of leeway, but you don't want to, uh, to push that boundary too much. Otherwise, you might find yourself landing and hailing a taxi to drive 45 minutes to the port as fast as they possibly can. Um, departing flights on disembarkation day, shoot for no earlier than 12.30 p.m. That's Disney's guideline. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm getting off this ship at 9 o'clock in the morning. Why, why do I have to wait? that much time. Well, they're trying to account for 
possible problems. First of all, you don't disembark the ship until U.S. Customs clears the ship to, to leave. And if, you've, if you're a, um, a veteran sailor or cruiser, you know that typically they clear the ship pretty early. They start you know, kicking you off around 8 o'clock and off you go after breakfast. Um, however, there have been times, and I've actually experienced this, where custom holds the ship. So I think personally, you might have a little bit of a wait at the airport, maybe an hour or so, but I would it's better to hang out there, enjoy some food, relax, again, less stress as possible, make sure you make your flight, uh, rather than worry if there's going to be some sort of holdup. I, I agree as well. Again, me getting to the airport hours early. And yeah. hey, listen, if you can do it, there's no reason not to say, hey, you know what? We just got off the Disney Cruise Line. What should we do next? Let's go to Disney World. Go spend an extra day in Disney World if you can. This way you yeah. really sort of unwind from the cruise, get a couple of attractions in, a few shows, some good dining, and then you can worry about getting on your flight the next day. There you go. You like how I think, don't you? <laughs> I do. Typically, yes. Okay, not always, but typically, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Danny Beravot from the Netherlands. And excuse me, Danny, if I mispronounced your name. I'm confused about how to pronounce your name. You're confused about the tipping on board. The part of tipping your table servant, room host, etc., is clear with the little envelopes that you get. But what if you go to the spa for treatment? What if? Uh, the piano bar or the coffee <laughs> cove. I think the amount of 15% gratuity is already added, but they expect to get some more. What's normal? Says Danny. Yeah, and don't feel bad if you're confused because tipping is very confusing. So first of all, a big tip on tipping that some people don't really notice or realize is when you buy a beverage at a bar, for example, they do add in that 15% to the bill. Some, but when you see it on the receipt, really take a, a look at it because there's also an extra line if you want to add additional tips. So while it's a nice gesture to recognize a good service with additional funds, um, you certainly can, but you don't don't feel obligated to go above the 15% if you feel that you didn't you know, receive that extra service. But if you did get that really good service and you want to tip them more, 18 to 20% is you know, customary or can be for really, really good service. But going above and beyond that 15 is certainly not required. But a lot of people who first cruise don't realize that 15% is usually already added in the bill. So some people end up tipping 30 accidentally because they didn't realize it was there. So make sure you look at the receipts before you sign them. And just very quickly for those first-time cruisers who may not understand the tipping of the room hosts and your server at the table, that's right. done at the end of the cruise, and Disney makes it easy by giving you envelopes. Correct. And what will happen is there are, there are a few people who are customarily re receive tips. The dining room server, your assistant server, head server, host, um, the stateroom host with a uh, stateroom attendant, and their guideline is for a four night is going to be about $48 per person total for the entire thing to cover all of those people. So what happens is you don't need to pay as you go. At the end of the cruise, you'll get these little envelopes that you can put your tips in. If you, if you have cash, you can use cash. However, there's an easier way. A couple of days before we are scheduled to disembark, they will have these forms for you to fill out and you can put how much you want to um, have or tip for each of these people, and then you'll get uh, it applied to your onboard account, so you don't have to have cash to tip them. But you will get these little receipts that you can put in the envelope, and then you can hand them as to uh, to each of the people to thank them for their service. Um, tip there, 
don't wait until the last day because there's a long, long line usually of people trying to get their uh, tips on the onboard account. So I usually do it the day right before the last day. And of course, last but not least, if you're not happy with the service, you can always adjust your onboard account. Very good. You know, the, the fact that Danny, I mispronounced your last name, is from overseas. She's from the Netherlands. Got me thinking about guests who are going to be coming on board who are not only traveling from overseas, but even guests who are, are cruising for the first time in the United States. There are very, very strict requirements about the identification that they need to have. And a lot of people have asked about things like passports or driver's license or what they'll need in order to be able to board and disembark the ship. Can we go over real quick some of the things like passport requirements? Absolutely. And again, this is one of those places don't feel bad if you're confused because it is very and can be very confusing. Um, Mainly for U.S. citizens, obviously, we're looking at they will allow you to board with a birth certificate that is the original or certified that has the race seal and your photo ID. And really, you can, but I personally recommend everybody get a passport, and there's a reason for that. While birth certificates and photo ID is certainly accepted, the passports are so important because you can go round trip from the U.S. So basically our ship is leaving from a U.S. port and returning to a U.S. port. So therefore, that's why you can use your birth certificate and your photo ID. However, if you have a family emergency and have to fly back from, say, the Bahamas, you need a passport to fly. So if you had to disembark in Nassau to fly back for a family emergency or a medical emergency or or whatever, you're not going to be able to easily get back to the United States because all you have is a birth certificate and a photo ID. Eventually, everything is going to move to the passport anyway. They do have some passport cards that are available in some states that will work as well. I think Michigan, New York, Vermont, and Washington State woo-hoo, have those little enhanced driver's licenses, passport cards. But while you can do it, I really highly recommend the passports. And ladies, if you're married and your birth certificate and your driver's license say two different things bring a copy of marriage license as well because they have to show the difference in names. Um, Last but not least, for non-U.S., a passport, of course, is required because you're coming into the U.S., but based on your nationality, you might also need an entry visa as well. So I would check with your vacation planner to make sure that you have all of those uh, required documents to board the ship and actually to come into the country. Yeah, I don't think we can stress enough our recommendation that you yeah. get a passport. And if you're worried, oh, passports take six months, eight months, you can get an expedited processing of the passport. So you have it. You still do have plenty of time. But look, you bring your original birth certificate on board and it blows away as you're, you know, doing your <laughs> I'm king of the world on deck. You're going to be in a heap of trouble and Absolutely. you don't want to run into that Um you know, while you're on board. So I highly, highly recommend getting a a passport. In addition, kids under the age of 16, well, kids, everybody has to have some form form of identification. So if you have a passport, the kids have to have a passport as well. Or under the age of 16, they have to have the original or certified copy of the birth certificate as well. So, you know, lots of little pieces and parts you have to make sure you have, because if you get to the port and you don't have this stuff, they're going to turn you away. 
So, and there's no refund because you should have known from all of the stuff that you sign and all of the, the cruise contract that you're going to get later on when you get your, your documents basically saying you acknowledge that you understand all of this. So make sure you have the proper identification. Then again, having to spend the rest of your days on Castaway Key since you can't get back on board. Not the worst thing ever. I'm just saying. So, Don't give anybody ideas. All of a sudden, we're going to have again, like half. This is not, I am not recommending that you do that. Um, this non-legal advice is sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Yeah. Um, as we start to kind of wrap things up, because again, look, we, we've spoken for an hour. We can go on for hours because there is so much more to cover. Uh, we'll sort of take one person's question that encapsulates probably about 200 emails that we've gotten over the past couple of months. Mary Jo Collins of Storytime with Mojo fame from Disney's D23 Expo said, <laughs> look, Lou, when are we going to find out about the specifics of our group activities on the ship? Are there going to be specific areas that everyone will be invited to meet up for the ship specific events, such as the sail away party or the fireworks on the last night? She also goes on on a personal level and wants to know if she can bring alcohol on the ship. I heard that if it's placed in a soft-sided cooler or if I try and hide it in my weight. No, I'm sorry. They do allow, allow that. Is that true? Take the easy uh, part first. Can can Mary Jo bring her favorite bottle of peach schnapps on the cruise with her? Okay. Coolers, I'm going to just point this out right now. Coolers are not permitted at all except for those needed for medication that type of thing. So, and Mary Jo, Mary Jo, champagne is not medication. As no. <laughs> much as you try and convince Disney of that, it, I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to be rolling any kegs on board either. But right. it lasts. Captain keg. Morgan is not. You cannot take it intravenously. <laughs> so. Nice. As a last check, Disney Cruise Line does not prohibit guests from bringing alcohol on board. Of course, in moderation. No kegs, but it must be hand carried on board in like a day bag or a carry on, and they do have a specific size for that. But in addition, if there is a corkage fee, if you if you ask somebody to open a bottle for you at dinner, or if you have a bottle of wine you need opened, they do have a corkage fee of I think fifteen dollars a bottle as well. So you can bring something in moderation in your carry on. I think that's probably a good way for them to do that because you literally, if you have to carry it on, you're probably it's going to be self limiting right there. But you can bring on a bottle or two. And no, there there are no WW Radio flasks available on the Cafe Press store. And there won't be. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no ideas there. No ideas These there. These shot glasses are sponsored by. <laughs> so um, as far as group activities and areas of meeting up, again, this is where Becky... Our hands are somewhat tied, not because we're trying to tease you and we uh, we know of a couple of things, but we know of all these grand plans and we're just not revealing as yet. It really is because of what we know as far as from Disney and their schedule. Mm-hmm, exactly. And you know, luckily, it's all it's starting to come out little by little. But of course, we have to deal with whatever schedule they have on board when we're there. Again, because of just the sheer size of our group, they have to figure out how best to accommodate us for some of the things that we want to do. So we do have some general plans that we would like to, you know, make sure that we throw out there for the exception of like the uh, the door decorating contest we were just talking about a little bit ago, right? Right. And maybe, I don't know, Mr. Trivia, a trivia <laughs> contest maybe? 
might be in there somewhere. We might uh, we might do some trivia things, maybe some scavenger hunty things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Poker night in Becky's room. <laughs> that will not be on the official schedule. No, no, that you have to in. right. You got no, to ask for that schedule. <laughs> um, uh, Mary Jo may probably have a whole list of her own of what she wants to. Uh, Wants us to make sure to include on the yeah. On Mary Jo actually su- made a, a great list of about yeah. seven hundred and twelve suggestions of some great ideas. Many and we went through that list actually, uh, and a lot of you have sent me ideas, and we've been going over yeah. um, some of which we're going to try and implement in some form or fashion. You know the 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 blessing and the curse is that because of the size of the group, Becky, we are limited as to some of the things that we can do, some of the spaces that we can take um, because the group is not you know, 20, 30, 40 people. Right. And and in in addition, we also have the, the blessing and the curse of it being a brand new ship with a lot of things to see. So we don't want to over schedule the group either. We, because we understand that this is a lot of people's vacation that they want to relax. So we don't want to have a, you know, back to back to back to back meets and running around like crazy. We also want to give people the opportunity to really explore and enjoy the ship together. So we're, we're, kind of doing the delicate balance to make sure that we have the appropriate amount of together time and fun time and running around like maniacs on scavenger hunts time, meat time, um, of course, a lot of food time. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of food. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of food meats. Same there's going to be a lot of things around food. I mean, there's going to be chocolate souffles, like just within reach. <laughs> so there'll be a lot of that. But we're, we are now getting to the point where we're starting to sketch this together. So for those of you who are a little concerned about um, making your spa appointments and your shore excursions and your Apollo um, appointments, which are right around the corner, as a matter of fact, let me just hit that really quickly. For those of you who are platinum status or in a suite, platinum status means you've had more than 10 cruises with Disney Cruise Line, the window of opportunity is going to actually open up on October 30th of this year, believe it or not. So it's just like right around the corner. Where did the summer go? Please tell me. I know. I know. Gold status, which is after five cruises, you get the window of opportunity open at 105 days. So that's going to be about November 14th. Yay. Silver after your first cruise is opening up at 90 days or November 29th, excuse me. And then if this is your very first Disney cruise, the window of opportunity opens at 75 days, which is December 14th. So please note, though, even for those of you who uh, are platinum status and gold status, you have to also have your reservation paid in full before you can make those reservations too. So if you are platinum or gold and you want to make your Apollo and shore excursions before the official um, uh, final payment date of December 1st, let your vacation planner know so it's a few days in advance. So it's processed, it's in their system, and you have no problem making those reservations. But our target and God, I'm so afraid to say this and don't hold me to this because I know you'll throw me under the bus later because that's just, you know, <laughs> part for the course. It'll be my fault. Let's try. We're going to really, really try to have some sort of sketch um, available before October 30th. But please know that anything that we tell you about what the schedule may be looking like would be subject to change just because, of course, we're kind of at the whim of, of Disney's scheduling. Yeah, and you made a great point. And, and as look, we've been talking about some of these ideas we've been tossing around literally for months, Becky, um, because some of them are great ideas. But again, because this is 
a new ship that nobody will have been on yet with a new schedule that we don't know what it's going to be, new entertainment options and, and venues and things going on on board. We don't want to, you know, it's, it's a catch-22. We don't want to schedule too much and let you not enjoy what Disney's offering. By the same token, we don't want to not schedule anything at all. We don't want to schedule things that are going to potentially exclude people because there's other stuff going on or because the venues are too small. So we're, we're, we're walking a delicate tightrope here to try and do as much but not too much uh, for everybody so that we all get a chance to spend as much time together and enjoy the ship and the four days uh, and hopefully some time maybe before and after as well. We should touch on that real quick before we wrap up. Um, we do have pre-stay rates in Walt Disney mm-hmm. World. We are going to have a dessert party on Saturday night, uh, February 26th, which will be a great way to sort of get to start meeting some of your fellow cruisers and kick off what's going to be four or five days of a lot of fun on the Dream. Uh, we're also going to have some post-stay rooms available as well, Correct. Yeah, they're available now, as a matter of fact. And and if you need park tickets um, associated with those, ask your vacation planner because the group discounted ticket rates are now available. They were just released last week. Yeah, and again, our apologies because I, I know we literally received hundreds of individual questions about the cruise. We could not answer them all on a single segment. I think, Becky, we might, and we probably should, sometime in the future, especially as some more details are being re- released either do another segment like this or maybe we'll do a WDW Radio Live. We'll do a video broadcast and live chat. So Becky and I will be on there. We'll specifically designate one night towards discussing the cruise on the Disney Dream. You can ask your individual questions. We'll try and hit as many as we can in the seven or eight hours that those things normally run. Um, (laughs) But really give us a chance to sort of talk about some of those things. And who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have a couple of reveals at that time as well. Good idea. That works for me. So again, Becky from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, thank you for all your help. For more information, for deck plans, videos, photos, concept art, and a uh, a form where you can get a free no-obligation quote, you can visit wdwradiocruise.com. Again, if you have specific questions for yourself or for your family, you can certainly contact Becky and her team over at mousefantravel.com. Stay tuned to the show and Twitter and Facebook. Best way to find out when we'll do a follow-up show and again, a WW Radio Live as well. And Becky, as always, I listen, I can't wait to play poker in your stateroom um, <laughs> on the dream. Uh, well, well, we're going to have to work on that, aren't we? And hey, by the way, what deck do you want to be on, Lou? <laughs> I might be convinced to look something up at dinner, but we'll have to see about that. I'm, I'm, you know what? I honestly don't care. Get me on board the ship, and <laughs> I'll sleep on the Lido. I don't even have a Lido. I'll sleep on yeah, a lounge yeah, yeah. chair if I have to. Bon voyage, mon ami. Oh, and are, you, are you planning to sing for us? Uh, the Allu Review on board the Dream. I think you know, that. I don't know what the, what the obsession is with me singing, but I'm, I'm telling you, I doubt it. You, you surely have a song picked out by now. <laughs> don't want to hear Come me on. sing. The Allu Review. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Allu Tammy Review has. And Tony, and Becky, stop it. <laughs> Have a magical day, Lou. Thanks, Becky. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. 
Welcome back to the Walt Disney Theater and our Farewell Variety Show. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in. Sorry again, it was only one segment this week. It did run kind of long. Wanted to really focus on everything we could about the Disney dream. Again, if you have any more questions, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or contact Becky and her team over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel for a free, no obligation quote or to get some of your questions answered. If you have questions about anything else in general for me to answer on the show, you can also use that same email address or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. If you want a chance to play listener fact or fiction, email me at factorfiction at wdwradio.com. Also include your phone number. You never know. I may call you at a random time to answer 10 true or false tr- trivia questions about Walt Disney World for a chance to win a prize package. In addition to the show, be sure and come by the website over at wdwradio.com for discussion forums, photo galleries, blog posts, new videos. You can shop in the store where you can get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books and all five audio guide to Walt Disney World on CD or download. Again, Liberty Square and Mickey's Toontown Fair were just released on the website. You can also download the free WDW Radio iPhone app and connect to me and the show lots of different ways. Twitter, Facebook, friend feed, and again, over on the forums. While you're there or in iTunes, be sure and check out older episodes of the show. Every episode going back to number one is there in the archives. Most of them are evergreen, include everything from detailed look at current and former attractions, interviews, live reviews, and so, so much more. Again, they are all found on the website or in iTunes. Want to give a quick thanks to everybody that came out this past weekend for the WDW Radio Walkabout around Food and Wine Festival, as well as the Meat of the Month and Breakfast on the Boardwalk last week. Really appreciate you coming out. Had a lot of fun at both events. We actually shot a video of the entire walkabout around every single kiosk of the 15th Annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Stay tuned. We'll post that up pretty soon. Follow us along as we sampled something from each and every one of the kiosks on the promenade. I also have a few other videos I'm getting ready to post, including a quick video about Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Lots, lots more. Again, stay tuned to the website, YouTube, or the iTunes feed for the videos as they come out. Speaking of the website and the blog, thanks to everybody that came by, voted, and commented on our Celebrations Magazine two-year post. We ask you to come by, vote on your favorite cover, and tell us what issue you liked and why. Congratulations go out to Stephanie Z, who won a $25 Disney gift card, a limited edition Celebrations Magazine pin, all five audio guides to Walt Disney World, and a signed copy of issue number one. I have a couple of other contests I'm working on for the show. Definitely stay tuned. I promise one is coming up soon. Speaking of Celebrations Magazine, if you want to subscribe, order back issues, or find out how you can contribute, you can come by and visit us over at CelebrationsPress.com. Also, be sure and stay tuned to the show as well as Twitter and Facebook as I'll be announcing the next WDW Radio Live video broadcast and chat coming very, very soon. Again, Twitter and Facebook are the best ways to stay connected and informed as I sometimes do these on a spur of the moment kind of thing. Don't always have them scheduled out. I might do it from home, might do it from the parks. Never know. Again, twitter.com slash or facebook.com slash WDW Radio. 
Lots, lots more that I'm working on. I promise you I will make an announcement in the next few weeks. But I really want to thank you guys all again so, so very much for all of the support and the friendship. It means so, so much to me. As always, my friends, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook. Come by, review the show and the the iPhone app over in iTunes. And as always, my friends, remember, it is never too late to take that first step towards pursuing your passion and following your dream. And once you do, always, always keep moving forward and let nothing stand in your way. Thank you again for taking the time this and every week for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Most of all, have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hello, this is Mary Jo Collins. I'm calling from the inaugural Wine and Dine Half Marathon at Walt Disney World. And I'm sure you can hear the music in the background. Um, Everyone's gathering here for the right start. And I'm waiting on some lady that wanted to run with me. I think her name was Deanna. Anyway, um, just wanted to tell you that we're about to start. And uh, we'll let you know how it went after the race is over. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Billy Latta calling from Metuchen, New Jersey. I just listened to episode 190 with the interview with Jim Crookus, and I am just so inspired by what you two talked about and how the legacy of Wall is still going on. I enjoyed it very much and inspires me, who really does want to be a part of the company one day also, just to continue going and to continue learning and, and reading up on the books and information and just listening to the to the podcast. Thank you so much for everything, Lou, and good luck. Goodbye. Hey, Lou, this is Mary Jo Collins. I'm here at the inaugural Wine and Dawn Half Marathon. I'm standing here with the WCW radio team. Let me introduce them to you. First off is Deanna Mangello, Ashley Fisher, and Steve Troop. All right, that's our team. Let's go. Okay, now I want them to tell you what their strategy is for the race tonight. To finish. Uh, Crossing the finish line. To run like a kid. (laughs) So there you have it. We'll see what happens. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Dean and Rebecca. We're sitting on our balcony at the beach club. It's about 10, 13 at night. Uh, we're here for the Food and Wine Festival, but we can hear them playing some test music in the park. And it starts out with illuminations, and then it says, and audiences enjoying the show for over 10 years. And then it broke into the Tapestry of Nations mu- music. So um, we personally love that parade. It doesn't sound like a parade. It looks like they're incorporating the music inside, like, of a new opener of a 10-year show for illuminations. But um, just thought maybe you knew something about this. Cheers. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Mary Jo Collins calling from the inaugural Blind and Dine Half Marathon. I'm standing here now with Darth Vader. Say hello, Darth. <laughs> We're at mile 12, and we'll see you at the party real soon. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's the Stevens family, the Rocky Mountain Mouse crew. You got your mom, got your dad, Jennifer, and Mary. Hey, uh, we just had a wonderful week. 
down in Orlando. We have pulled down the tents, packed up the mules, heading back to Colorado, but we all agree. The high point of this trip here was meeting you, Lou. It was the best part of the whole trip. Maybe you don't make the magic, but you sure make it better. And, in fact, I think you do make the magic. Thanks, Lou. Looking forward to seeing you again. Bye. Thank you for coming to the WDW Radio Show, your information station. This is Nicholas Mangello. Thank you. And Louis Mangello, thank you for coming here. Thank you.